0: Welcome to Five Cats Two Pussies. This is Ronnie, and
1: this is Lindsay,
0: and this is episode thirty-one. Yeah, I can't wait till we get to like Woo. episode like one hundred and sixty-seven, and I get to go. This is episode one hundred and sixty-seven, and like just keep adding numbers. That'd be great,
1: <laughs> so many syllables.
0: <laughs> we have another great episode today. We are going to talk about magical knives because yeah, it started off athames. as maze and then we discovered there's also another type of magical knife. Well, I discovered, Lindsay already knew, but we're going to talk about magical knives. <laughs> 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 It'll be great. I know stuff.
1: <laughs> You do know stuff. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you know tons of stuff. You do. Come on. Uh,
0: Give yourself
1: more credit than that. Fair. Fair. I'm learning.
0: We're we're all learning together. Yeah. But first, before we jump into our topic for the day, how are you, Lindsay? How I'm been. I haven't actually, talked too much this
1: week. I'm feeling. Yeah, I know. I was pretty busy in Animal Crossing.
0: <laughs> Noise. I've started Civ 6, yeah. and that has gone down a terrible rabbit hole. Now. I've got to ask. You know what I want to know. Yeah. How are the black flowers? Ha ha. I remembered. You don't like t- turnips. <laughs>
1: Dude, You know what though? Today I actually, it's Sunday. We're recording on a Sunday yep. and it's uh it's, it's turnip day in animal crossing. And I was like, and I finally found the little, the little like whatever it is, turnip person that sells the turnips because they're really sneaky and sometimes they're hard to find. So I've actually only seen them a few times. Even though they're supposed to be there every Sunday, I actually bought turnips today. Oh, my God. What's the going price yeah. for turnips? <laughs> I mean, today it was 93 bells, but like, I'll, I'll see what nook, Nook's cranny is buying them for later in the week. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
0: I've had the uh, the week off of work this week. And, uh, I'm, I am fortunate in that I get to work from home, uh, regularly, but this week I was on vacation, a little staycation and I didn't plant any turnips uh, or buy any turnips, but I did finally get my raised beds in. So all of you Instagram followers, are going to get blessed with a bunch of garden updates over the next little bit, too, I'm sure. as I'm going to give it a chance to, like, really settle in there. I've got a few things growing right now, um, seedlings that I had started. But, you know, they it takes a couple of days for them to get over their shock of finally being outside. So once they're well, fully established... I, for one, am psyched. Raised <laughs> bed. And if you're listening and you don't follow our Instagram, or you want to check out some photos of my, uh, maybe... Uh, maybe turnips, Um, uh, but currently sunflowers and tomatoes and nasturtiums and that sort of thing. You can always check us out on uh 5C2P pod uh, on Instagram or 5C2P pod at Gmail if you want to drop us a line and share some of your garden picks um, or your turnip price or photos of your Animal Crossing island or house or whatever Animal Crossing people do.
1: Oh, you know what we should do? Mm-hmm. We
0: should light a candle. Oh shit! We should light a candle. Sorry, I had to take a look. <laughs> God damn it,
1: son of a! <laughs>
0: so you've you've got the candle this week. Uh, so I'll yeah, let you go right ahead and do that. I can't wait to order our new candles for summer. Uh, I think I've gotten over my it must be flowers for summer, uh, and I'm going to I'm going to acquiesce to Lindsay's request for tiny animal candles. So we'll have a whole series. <laughs> Over the okay, summer of cute cute. candles that will just become melted and deformed, it'll it'll be great. <laughs> so
1: this candle, this is actually a virgin candle. This is <gasps> the first time I'm lighting this. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it um, it's it's very scented, very scented.
0: Now, when you go for a scented candle, are you going like floral scents, fresh clean scents, or like earthy myrrh kind of nonsense?
1: So usually, I like the earthy murr kind of stuff. Um, this one, Kelly actually bought for me for my birthday <laughs> and shipped it. So it's a, it's a birth date candle, and it's oh. specifically for my birth date. Nice. Um, I,
0: I've seen those. Yeah. What does yours smell like? What does your birth date smell like?
1: So this is jasmine, cedarwood, and thyme.
0: Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I don't know much yeah. about birth dates and smells, but... Jasmine, cedarwood, and thyme. I feel like that's an appropriate scent for
1: you. Yeah. I mean, they're all scents that I'm into. So that's cool. Sweet. Well, yeah, I haven't lit it yet. So thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. (laughs) Kelly. (laughs) Cool. Sweet. So done and done.
0: Well, cross that off our to do list. Uh, Next on. However, the to-do list. I got it got oh, Something real quick. Oh, I am your Dan coming hot? in, coming in hot. Veronica, would you like to know what your birth date candle aromas are? Oh, um, can I guess? Ooh. You could give it a shot. I have it here in front of me. Oh, sweet. Um, <laughs> I want to say it is. Uh, it's August, so it's. I bet it's like amber and sandalwood and spicy scents, but I'm hoping it smells like salt and sunshine.
1: <laughs>
0: I want it to smell like a day at the beach
1: <laughs> Alright <laughs> What does that <it> smell like?
0: <laughs> Your birth date candle is Rosemary Chamomile And shea And shea? Mm-hmm. Like the like shea butter? I guess, yeah I feel like the only Uh-oh. thing that candle is going to smell like Is rosemary because chamomile doesn't have a smell yeah, not as strong yeah. as rosemary. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. Yeah, wow, that's a <laughs> well that's well, fudge. I have to. I have to write them and tell them that I want my my birth date to smell like the beach.
1: <laughs> they may be able to custom make one for you. Probably not. I don't know. I'm, probably not. Like, I don't think so. They're probably not going to. <laughs> <laughs> So,
0: oh man. Rosemary candles aside. Oh, actually, sort of like on those two things. Yesterday I had the I have a little craft room with all my plants that I've been starting with seedlings. I left the door closed or have been leaving the door closed for forever to keep the cats out when I'm not in there because they will fuck with the plants. And yesterday I had all but three plants. I had uh, three morning glories where the cats could get them. And I was like, ah, whatever. They're like, they're not going to bother them. It's only three of them. The cats were in and out of there all day. And the very end of the day, uh, Engineer Dan goes in and Django is like, like neck deep in some lettuce. Like he's just like nah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> on one of the leaves. <laughs> and I went I didn't he kicked him out. I didn't check it out till this morning. Um, uh, but yeah, he like full on like chompered <laughs> on on this freaking plant. I'm like, no plants are safe from him. And I'm sure he's just gonna no. puke it up later, but because they're they're not great for cats, uh, which is why the cats weren't allowed in there. But yeah. The, he just can't help himself. He need, If he sees it, he needs Aww. to eat it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. If I were a cat, I would probably try to eat everything, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Such a nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> it's in, I mean, things are interesting.
0: Fair. <laughs> as a human,
1: I have, like, all kinds of things I can touch with my hands and feel. But as a cat, I'd be like, I don't know what any of this is. I'm going to fuck with it. I'm going to knock it over. I'm going to see how it tastes.
0: You know, my cats aren't big knocker overs Like, they're, they're pretty good at pussyfooting around stuff They don't often, like, unless it's a pencil A pencil is, like, a pretty good toy Or a dice or something small like that But they're not sitting there, like, just trying to push shit off my shelves But uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I sent you the photo, and I'll share on Instagram, too Like, they're, the cats, though, are so happy to be back in this room That they have to be in there at all times now to the point that Kenway and Nimbus are sh- currently sharing the office chair. And Kenway was asleep, curled up like a cute little bun in the chair by himself for most of the morning while I was doing my reading. I'm taking my notes for the episode. And right before we started recording, uh, went in, took a look, and Nimbus had jumped up in front of the, like, <laughs> on the chair. And just like flopped down in front of him with his legs hanging <laughs> over the edge because he's too big to fully fit on the chair with also another cat. I once caught all three of them doing this when Django was much smaller and Django basically just like laid on top of the other two. He couldn't do that now. He's, like, a 15-pound cat now, <laughs> but <laughs> he, he would just crush the little dude. <laughs> but, yeah, they're both just, like, I want to say they're snuggled, but Kenway's just giving me this look of, like, you fucker.
1: <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> We're sharing. <laughs> it's, it's so cute. It looks like Nimbus just walked up and was, like, any room for me, buddy? And then he walked right down. That's a hundred percent that's cute. what he did. Oh my god. <laughs> what
0: a what a dork. They have to be in the same spot all the time. It's totally Nimbus. Kenway doesn't give a fuck. But Nimbus is like, mm-hmm. are you going this way? And he'll just like headbutt and shoulder Kenway out of the way. Last night I was in bed and Nimbus wanted to sleep up by my shoulders and Kenway like sprinted in and like laid down on my chest all territorially. I'm like, there, I'm the only one in bed. Like there are, like there are all kinds of places you can be that aren't one smothering me and two, uh, you know, co- competing for my space, competing with each other for the space. Oh, they are too cute. They're cute, bestest friends. Super cute. How are your kitties? I swear we're going to talk about knives, but I, I just <clears throat> I haven't I
1: haven't chatted with you much
0: this week, so I got to get it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, mine are usually boring. Mister is the kind of cat. He's he's the kind of asshole who's going to sit there and stare at you and knock something off right in front of you. T- Taro, she's a little sweetie patootie pie. Usually, yesterday she, I was in bed still, and she came up. And she was like, ooh, let's have some snugs. She had just eaten breakfast. And sometimes she eats her breakfast a little bit too fast. So she came up for a snug, and I was like, oh, snug. And then I, like, turned away for something. I might have been playing video games or, you know, whatever in bed. And uh, I hear this, whoop, whoop, whoop. Oh, no, no. (laughs) I look over at her, and she's doing the horking thing. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Oh <laughs> my like, I flung her off of the bed. She barked up her entire breakfast. Oh. The dog was in the room. He immediately oh, no! runs over yeah. and starts eating it. I'm yeah. like, no. <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> gross.
0: Oh, sometimes the cats will, like, lick each other's puke. Oh, it's, uh. yeah, so Ken- I, yeah, yeah, I was going to say Kenway, but Nimbus does that, too. He, I don't know if it's he eats too fast or drinks his water too fast, but usually I think it's his water because he'll do, like, one or two, like, and then, like, three <laughs> or four minutes later, another, bleh. and then, like, five <laughs> minutes later, a full out like, bleh. and I'm like, what are oh you do? Like, Oh, my God. Stop drinking <laughs> your water so fast.
1: Weird that, yeah, that's crazy. I haven't seen it happen with water. This is, um this is fantastic radio. Food, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> Maybe
0: make the hawking sound
1: a few more time. <laughs> Listen. You know, that's great, though. That's great that he drinks so much water because male cats have a tendency to, like, not drink enough water. And then they get those, like, Uh, crystals and their urethras.
0: That's fair. That's fair. But he doesn't, like, he he didn't just, like, drink enough water. He's like, today is water day. Ooh. Drinks all (laughs) his water.
1: (laughs) So he's probably still dehydrated because he just throws it up. (laughs) It just barfed it right back up. <laughs>
0: awesome. <laughs> okay. I think it's I think it's out of my system now. <laughs> so this is good. If you have uh if you have pictures of your Animal Crossing farm, is it farm? Yeah, farm. Uh pictures of your garden, pictures Island. of your cat snugs, cat puke stories, you can totally drop us a line. 5C2P pod at gmail. We will be right back. Talk about magical knives.
1: Yeah! We'll see you in a second, witches.
0: Welcome back, which is oh,
1: <laughs> Hey, Lindsay. <laughs> hi,
0: hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's been a long and windy road to get here, but we are going to talk about magical knives now. Uh, I'm going to sort of preface this with, I think, last episode I called my my knife uh, a athame, and it's not that's what I've learned this week. So I, I have a crescent or a sickle shaped knife that I use and it is not an athame. I thought all magical knives were athames. So we're learning, learning together.
1: And Lindsay was super kind. was
0: like, we're going to talk about athames next week. So I'm just going to let her figure this one out on her own. But Yeah. I felt like a bit of a dummy. And like the third thing that I read was athames look like daggers and and uh, this crescent-shaped knife is called a bowline or a bowline, depending on which um, pronunciation. So we're going to talk about them
1: both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude,
0: totally. So I uh, I don't have anathema. I have never used anathema. Uh, so everything that I have to share is definitely things that I have read this week from a variety of both articles and books um, that I have on Spellcraft. With a heavy leaning towards green witchcraft on my end, but you actually have had an athame and used one, uh, Lindsay. So I am kind of curious, like, yeah. you know, to hear your perspective on, you know, what is an athame? What is it used for? What's it like to use one? Cause I, I have no clue.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, so a lot of my practice, um, is rooted in Wicca because that's what I started out with before I went rogue and was like fuck <laughs> this I'm I'm doing it how I want to do it. Um <laughs> So yeah, so the athame and wicca, it's very like it's it's very much like a ritual, ceremonious tool. I would use mine specifically for casting a circle. Cool. Um, that that seemed
0: to be the biggest uh use of an athame well, like when I was reading was like for the Like, it is a necessary tool for casting a proper circle.
1: Yeah. Like, if you're going to have one tool, if if you want to practice witchcraft and you're going to have one tool, I would recommend it being anathema. You can use it to consecrate other other tools. Um, You can use it to create a ritual space, like casting a circle. Um, You can use it, and this is mostly what it's used for, is directing energy. Yeah, um, yeah, or or invoking like spiritual forces.
0: So I'm going to back yeah. up to to hairs here. Um, what is an athame? Maybe you know, maybe we've got a listener like my mom. Hi, mom, who doesn't know what an athame is? Now that's an assumption on my part. She probably does, uh, but I mean that's a really good point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what I- what is an is athame? A a a weird word. <laughs> so an athame is basically like a dagger. It's like a small sword, and in Wiccan tradition, it's usually a a double-edged blade, but it doesn't have to be. Um, and the reason for the double-edged blade, from my understanding, is that it's if you have a double-edged blade and you're like carving sigils into the air, you want the bladed part. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's there's less of a motion that you have to do to make sure that the bladed part stays, you know, touching whatever space you want it to touch. I never thought while of rotating that. your hand.
0: Yeah. That makes yeah. a that makes a lot of practical sense. I had read that it was also um typically double sided because it represented the duality of a lot of spellcraft and balance like the masculine feminine light and dark um that kind of thing and so it sure. was just more representation of balance
1: sure the automate in itself is considered male um because of its like its phallic appearance i, I guess
0: that's that's fair and whereas I- like
1: mm-hmm. its opposite will be the chalice which is feminine mm mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Yeah, I did. uh, I did read that. We'll do, we'll, we'll talk about chalices, some other point, I'm sure, uh, because I thought that was cool as well. But I also read that uh, athames have black candles. Now, is that like, is that? a must-have. I know that sometimes they have like lunar symbols on them or other important symbols Mm -hmm. to your particular practice, but the one thing that seemed to be really consistent, whether it was a double-sided or single-edged blade, was that the
1: handle is black and I couldn't find anything other. (laughs) I think that the black handle thing is is a very devout Wiccan thing. Okay. The handle can be whatever color you want. The black handle I believe is it's it's like, a, this is probably not the greatest way to say it, but this is how I'm going to say it. Think about, like, color and the way that it interacts with energy. Um, black absorbs energy. So the athame is a very personal tool, a very personal tool. It's something that you need to acquire yourself that feels right to you. And with that, the black handle, as far as like, you know, color theory goes, I guess, absorbs energy. Black absorbs energy as a color. That's like a thing. So when you have the black energy or the black handle, your energy is then stored in the handle a little better than say, if it were a blue handle or a white handle. Although I suppose it could be any color dark handle that you want. Whatever is right for your practice is the color handle that you should get. That's,
0: that's really cool. I think in that um, same vein, and this is pure speculation on my part, but it would also make sense. Black is, if black is the absence of color, then it's also this very sort of neutral, like it absorbs your energy, but it's also, it, it would also strike me as being a very neutral color and if the athame is used for directing energies in your circle or in your spellcraft work then having that like sort of a neutral um rooted in you tool would be really useful now again that's pure speculation on my end but that's sort of what it
1: makes me I favorite. mean I would say that that's that's pretty smart thinking oh I think <laughs> I like it yeah um. So <laughs>
0: makes sense to me. <laughs> so that's an athame, and now we also mentioned uh, a a bowline or bowline, and that's where I got confused because I thought originally, as of last week, I was under the misunderstanding that all like all magical knives were just called athames, and sometimes they were straight and sometimes they weren't, and that's wrong. So a dagger shaped uh n- knife specifically for. Uh, spellcraft and and your magical practices and ritual circles and all of those sort of things that's the athame what i have is a uh, more of a practical tool so anatheme is used for um, typically my understanding is anatheme is used for spellcraft magic and it is not used for practical things uh, especially in right, Wicca traditions
1: like- yeah so like more um, mundane uses or utilitarian uses, you would use something like
0: a bowling, yeah, and so a bowline has a sickle shaped blade sometimes it is sharp on one side and not on the other. Mine is sharp on uh, both sides, but has sort of a serrated edge as well, and the handle of a of a bowling is um usually white or light in color and I also read that. Uh, It is, it's used for practical cutting. So if you have to actually cut something, an althame is not usually what you're going to use to do it. Um, If you are like carving a candle, like carving symbols into a candle, it can be really popular to use your bowling to do it because you're actually doing like a physical act of cutting. And Mm -hmm. most popularly, and what I use mine for, is harvesting herbs. Because it is, to me, mine is... Um, special, and it's not something that I let everyone use. I'd be perfectly content to, you know, have my close friends, especially those that like would respect the tool, use it. But that's me. Uh, but it's yeah, it's used generally for harvesting herbs and and practical things like that. And I thought it was interesting that when we did our way back uh, with our love spell episode for Valentine's Day. I used a pocket knife that was given to me um, that belonged to my great grandmother that had a mother of pearl handle uh, to carve that symbol. Ooh. So I thought it was interesting that the one piece of spellcraft that I've done and that we've done together, um, we used a white handled knife. Now it wasn't it wasn't a bowling, but it was still a white handled knife, which was kind of cool.
1: Well, and that's the thing though is that I, like I've I've read certain things that say that bullying is often mistaken for the white-handled knife, although you know, sometimes it is called the white-handled knife. But the same as an athame. It doesn't necessarily need to be a white handle. I think that it right, was originally yeah. called the white-handled knife because the handle was made of bone.
0: Yeah, that's, um, that's what I've seen as well. The handle on mine is deer antler. Um, so it's kind of that, that off white, but I've seen, I saw some really cool pictures of ones with wooden handles and, and that sort of thing. And I think it would be fascinating. I would love to get actually like an antique one. The one that I have was, was purchased new and it was gifted to me by another witch which was cool uh, but I would love to get an old one uh, obviously cleanse it and consecrate it and you know make it my own but I'd love to have like an old wood handled little scythe knife for harvesting herbs.
1: Now that's really interesting that you say that because that might be like cool for bowlings, but for athame's, you really don't want to go that route. Yeah, I've read both
0: that like some people are okay with it and some people aren't. And the biggest thing is that you know if somebody else has used your tool before you, then it, you know it's it's got their energy. You would really have to cleanse it and and start again, kind of thing. And yeah, but it can be sketchy too because energy is clingy. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's <laughs> totally legit.
0: I think it would for me. It would depend on where I found it. Uh, if I like, if I felt really drawn to a particular knife, then I don't think, like, I, I guess I would go with my instinct. Uh, but I totally understand, you know, the desire to buy one fresh and new. I, for for whatever reason, I find that I have a harder time connecting with an object that is. Fresh and new, even if it's at a really cool, you know, if it's a really cool witch shop in Salem, Massachusetts, and like I'm feeling the vibes, but like I look at this brand new knife that I'm like, that was just made in a factory somewhere and I like I just I, it doesn't have any history. It doesn't have any it doesn't have any spirit to me. Um, it doesn't have any personality. One
1: hundred percent with you on that. I haven't been able to find my athame for years. Like Probably 15-ish years.
0: <laughs> yeah, when you mentioned last episode or the episode before that yours was missing, I thought you meant, like, a couple of months. Like, like you used no, it in January been, and now you can't find it. Like, I didn't realize it was gone that long. That, that's gone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what happened. I may have retired it uh, after the last, like, big ritual that I did. And then I, like... But the thing is, is that that one never felt right to me anyway.
0: Was that gifted or did you purchase it or like, what was it about it that didn't feel right?
1: I I purchased it. And um, I mean, if it was like 15 years ago, there weren't a ton of options on the internet for like witchy things. I'm pretty sure I purchased it on the internet because I'm pretty sure I lived here in Boston when I purchased it. And it got to me and it was like, it looked a lot better online than it actually was, Uh, but it was very cookie. Cookie cutter, like made in a factory. Like I said, I don't know what happened to it. I think I may have retired it. Um how do you retire I have to cheat for it? How do you retire an athame? Like I know how you so start re- one up,
0: but how do you put it to bed?
1: <laughs> I I mean I very vividly remember grounding it by like plunging it into the earth. So that's one way to do it. Um, another way of doing it, I think I might have buried it, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Out
0: there somewhere. Burying
1: it is another way. Cool. Like cool. If, if you must buy a secondhand athame, burying it is actually a really good way of cleansing it. But it has to be for an extended period of time, like a month at least. And then digging it up and holding it. And if it feels okay, you can use it. But if not, you got to bury it again. Yep. I think I might. I think I may have buried it. Um, another way of retiring it. Athames aren't supposed in Wiccan tradition anyway. Never supposed to touch blood ever.
0: Oh, uh, I mean, I don't think I'd necessarily want blood in my personal spellcraft practice, which I know is a thing. And if that's your jam, then awesome. I'd probably actually like to talk to you about it to find out more about it. So you could drop us a line, but, but yeah, I. Uh, adding blood to any of my tools just immediately gives me the heebie-jeebies.
1: Yeah, and not necessarily like doing a blood magic thing, but if your if your athame is sharpened, most of them aren't sold sharpened. But if you if you do happen to sharpen it, some people like they're sharp. I don't know. I don't really care because I don't use mine to cut anything. If you like, you know, happen to just like you know prick your finger with it and it draws blood and it touches blood, it's supposed to like the athame is supposed to like represent your will right your energy and not the physical association with weaponry that's intended to to harm whether it be animal you know person whatever um and some people feel that once the athame touches blood it's going to want blood again
0: oh yeah. That makes sense so. somehow in my head, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I did briefly read that, um, and yeah, that's that just doesn't seem good, not, not to me. Like I, like I said, just the yeah. whole, that whole idea gives me the
1: willies. I don't know. Yeah, and and again, I like I think that as with anything, it depends on what your personal practice is. I think I might have buried mine. I have no idea. It was so long ago and I'm a stoner. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) It was (laughs) a long time ago. If somebody asked me what I did with a thing that I like lost 15 years ago, I'd be like, I don't know. It's gone. Like (laughs) that, that is a long time ago.
1: But, and so like after that, like, I decided that my next one was going to have all the specifications of something that I wanted nice. and I was going to have to feel something when I found it. Yeah. And I was actually perusing today on the internet and I found it. Awesome!
0: Yeah. Right.
1: What? I had very specific criteria for it. I wanted it to be hand forged by nice. somebody who practices. Mm-hmm. I wanted an ebony handle and I wanted Damascus steel. Very nice. And I found it. And I found it. As soon as I saw it, I felt something.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's, I think that that's it was the important the thing is like,
1: craziest thing.
0: Yeah. To have that immediate connection. I felt that when I got my pendulum. Uh, because yeah. there's like, I was at a beautiful shop uh, and they had all kinds of pendulums. And uh, I, I think. It was just kind of weird because I was kind of looking at them and I thought they were really cool and really pretty and I really wanted one, but they all just looked, they they all looked like jewelry to me. I, like I couldn't connect with them. And then way sort of tucked in the back was a walnut shell one, and so my pendulum is walnut shell and kind of weird looking, but it's that sort of like oh that's the one and yeah and I like my I like my bowline a lot. But I don't have that. Like that's the one connection with it. I like it because it's a cool tool, and I use it on a regular basis. But yeah, I'm definitely looking for that aha moment of like, yeah, we, yeah. Be- we belong together.
1: <laughs> as soon as I get mine, I will divulge who I brought it, who I bought it from. I got it off of Etsy, but I want to make sure that it is right. Right. Once yeah. I get it
0: totally. I think before I say
1: yeah. i I think that's great
0: absolutely uh well i hope it's everything that you know that your gut has told you that it is i love that you bought it from somebody that that practices and so uh i feel like that's like i don't know that's also important to me and like you know not just buying a mass produced thing but that's something like somebody put some time and some care and some intention and like you know all of those sort of things into especially tools um like this
1: yeah it's, it's so hard to distinguish too these days too. Like there was one knife that I saw that I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. I could use that. But I, then I saw it on Amazon. Yeah, And then I thought on 10 other Etsy sellers accounts yeah. it's the exact same knife. And some of them are saying it's handmade and I'm like, no, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like part of like
0: <laughs> part of my connection with my Bowline is that I, I know mine is mass produced and it's, it's very cool and I am very thankful to have been gifted it. But, uh, but yeah, it's at the end of the day, you know, anyone could just pick that up and I don't know. I just, it's, It's cool and it's mine and it's my first one and I will always cherish it. But it doesn't have that same connection.
1: Um, Yeah, when I was
0: (laughs) when I was reading through uh, on like, you know, finding the right tool and what knife to use for which like practices and which uh, which reasons. One of the things that I read was that kitchen witches uh in that practice uh, it 's actually encouraged that your magical tool is used for everyday use as well, so kitchen mm-hmm. witches are probably listening to this and being like, ah, oh, you silly bitches <laughs> because um, in, in <laughs> kitchen in kitchen witchdom uh you know it's your your Athame, your bowline, your kitchen knives, like whatever, like you use your tools, your, your everyday tool is part of your practice because that like, that's part of uh, being a kitchen witch is uh, really incorporating your craft into not necessarily just spellcraft and rituals, but into your everyday um, habits and really bringing that into your like hearth and home. Uh, And I have a personal connection as a former chef. I have a personal connection with a a variety of knives, but I have one particular knife uh, that I do have a very strong connection with. And having used many, many, many knives and bought fancy knives and bought cheap knives, my favorite knife that will forever be my favorite knife, I found at a flea market auction sort of thing, like an old house that was, was a house auction, I guess. And it was literally in still in the drawer in the kitchen. They had labeled everything in the house for sale. And I was like poking around. They're like, open up the cupboards. There's like antique dishes in there. They're all labeled, whatever. And so I opened up this drawer and in the drawer, there was like half a dozen like cheap ass forks and this knife. And so I took the knife out and I was like, I'd like to buy this knife. And they're like, Oh, where did you even find that? I was like it was in the drawer in the kitchen and they're like cool, two bucks. So I I ended oh, up wow. <laughs> I ended up with a uh with a very nice um vintage Victorian ox knife. It's like yeah, it's just it was like that knife and I were meant to be together and I've had that knife now for oh, uh 15-17 years something like that. I got it when I was in my early 20s. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah dude i freaking love that (laughs) knife
0: (laughs) so i feel when i was reading through and like read that bit about kitchen witches and you know their connection to tools and everyday use i was like you know i might not feel it with my bowline but i do feel it with my like everyday tool and and though i'm not a kitchen witch i i get it i totally get it and i get that connection
1: absolutely i mean you know whatever they're doing whatever kitchen witches do in their day-to-day lives are part of their magic so it makes sense. A hundred
0: percent. I love
1: it. Yeah. But also there was a time where like people would have one knife. Right. <laughs> and if you, if you practiced witchcraft, that was the knife yep. that you used. Yeah. And you used it for everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, like, it's Us totally okay. People. <laughs> there is no right or wrong way.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, um, I'm not a history nerd or buff by any means, but I think this is a great chance to also mention that like a lot of this sort of history where it like where did where did an athame come from how long have people been using athames because we usually go back into that sort of thing uh -hmm. and and again not a history buff but uh i think the earliest recordings were in the uh, key of solomon Which is uh, a a big magical grimoire uh, and a more popular, modernized uh, Wicca. It was really brought to the forefront uh, by the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn in the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, when occultism was all the rage. And then again in the sort of like 1950s, like early 1900s and 1950s when there were more books being written specifically about um spellcraft and witchcraft and wicca and that sort of thing and so i think they took uh my understanding is they took some of this from from the key of solomon and then rewrote it in different articles and different practices and um incorporated yeah. it
1: yeah yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it was like nineteen fifties-ish. Um, this dude, I can't remember his first name, last name Gardner, who like really put Wicca together and made it a thing.
0: Yeah, and and, um, and before that he was um uh there was a guy named I wanna say his name was Wait Waits, maybe? I can't remember off the top of my head now. Oh yeah. Um but he had written a book in nineteen eleven that specifically referenced uh, the key of Solomon. And so the, they were kind of like, yeah, building off of each other. What I right. found neat in that sort of historical vein was in the Italian version of the key of Solomon, the needle shaped knife is called a bowline. And the mm-hmm. hooked knife is like an Italian derivative or Latin derivative of like could have been maybe translated into athame so it was like it was swapped it was weird
1: and it was crescent shaped yeah yeah it had like a Solomon. (laughs) but the key of solomon also refers to something like closer to an athame i believe um and they pronounce it like arseny. yeah i think yeah yeah and i think that's that's like maybe where the translation comes from don't yeah, don't there's, there's a whole there's a diagram. Lot. And, and, yeah, and there's yeah. also a
0: lot of different pronounce uh, pronunciations for the word athame. Oh, yeah. Totally. Same as like boline, boline. To, I'm not quite uh, sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, some people are like, no, this is how you say it. And then some people are like, no, this is how you say it. And I'm like, say it however the fuck you want. You <laughs> I don't thing. pronounce anything correctly <laughs> anyway. So... <laughs> 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 I try to, but sometimes it doesn't come out right. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I pronounced melancholy melancholy. Oh, like oh god, ever. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's uh, that's a new one. I have never heard that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been years since I pronounced it correctly. But yeah, like when you read stuff and you have nothing to go off of, then it's like, oh, this is how it's pronounced. So that's how you say it to people. And then they're like, what? (laughs) And you're like, fuck,
0: what's wrong again? (laughs) (laughs) Like every time I pronounce a
1: botanical name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
0: I think one of the last bits of, like, that was cool um, when I was reading through, sort of akin to that pendulum story is the fact that apparently an athame can be also used as a pendulum, which I was not expecting. I knew about the, like, casting a ritual circle. I knew about the candle thing. I knew about, uh, like, that it's used as a tool in, like, your altar. It's one of the, like the staples you've got your pentagrams you've got your chalice you've got your wand you've got your athame but mm-hmm. you can also use it as a pendulum which was really cool because i love that shit and just the idea of like being like my pendulum is really personal to me but having an athame which you know like Look, when you get your new one that you have a really strong connection with, and especially if you've like used it for, you know, casting circles and spellcraft and then also using it, I feel like you would just get a much stronger reading.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think my last totally, <laughs> my
0: last question uh around an athame or bowling is when you're not using it, where do you keep it? Where do you keep yours? I know if you have an altar, that you know you can certainly leave it as part of your altar setup because that's a consecrated space and you know it's clean and devoid of other um, malicious energies or anything like that. But you know if you don't have an altar or maybe you're not in a space where you can like leave your tools out, like where do you where do you keep your athame?
1: I mean, me personally. I'm uh, like pretty disorganized in my home. <laughs> so, <laughs> like my altar is all over the place. Like, right. and, you know, I described in a previous episode um, for me personally, I have a, a, what I call my witch box and it's like mm. a, it's a wooden box with a lid. It was an old wine box and that's where I keep most of my stuff for spell crafting. So I keep, I keep, keep mine in my witch box. It happens to be where my sheep is for my old anime, but I don't remember what I did with it. Uh, so when I get my new one, that's probably where it's going to live.
0: Cool. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I would almost say your little spell box is almost like its own little altar-esque uh, space anyway because kind of, yeah. it's got all your magical tools in it uh, and you're not putting other junk in there and it's you know, it's all all the things in one contained space. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I'm kind of the same. I'm also a little disorganized and a lot of my witchy stuff lives in the craft room, which has also been a greenhouse nursery for the last month and is explored frequently yeah. by cats. And, you know, it's, it's a bit of a mess. So, uh, sometimes my bowling lives in its sheath or out of its sheath. On top of some old moose bones that are hanging out in there or under a, like under a pot because I ran out of space for, um, for plants. But most of the time, if I'm paying attention, most of the time mine lives in its sheath, um, in my witch cabinet next to my little, um, I haven't like an actual... Like a consecrated altar box I have my like on the wall altar for day to day but then I have a little box that yeah. I like, same idea where I sort of keep
1: those you little on the wall altar I'm sorry I'm sorry to interrupt no, no. but your little on the wall altar it kind of inspires me oh thanks yeah I thanks. wanted you to know that it kind of inspires me to maybe do like
0: an actual altar. <laughs> I I appreciate that. <laughs> I I love it. I I wish I had a little shelf um, above it. I've got my I've got a little cabinet below it now that I keep all my herbs in. Uh, but I'd love to have a little shelf above it to put my candles and and an athame eventually because I think I'd probably like to get one and my bowling and like a little cauldron. Like have an actual altar, but. Um, our walls are not great. So I would be constantly in fear of it falling off if I put anything of weight on there. So,
1: You know what? If you have a stud in your wall, I
0: can make it happen (laughs) for you. I'm not sure. I feel like our house is like... A stud is not a great indicator of it won't fall off the fall off the wall.
1: Oh no! Oh no! I've I've lived in your house before. Oh, that's fair. It, it definitely, it definitely has studs. That's a For fun sure. listener fact. <laughs> Engineer Dan and I currently live in an apartment where Lindsay used to live, and not with them. No, so crazy. But yeah, it's um, it's like. It's the house in Somerville where anybody who is, like, of a certain type of person, I guess, at least knows somebody who has lived there before. In our case, <laughs> we have all lived there at some point and, and became friends m- much after I actually <laughs> lived there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I still remember when you, like, first were like,
0: oh, yeah, I used to live there. I was like, the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, maybe your Athame is here. (laughs) It could be, dude. If your Athame was buried in our backyard, I
1: would freak out. (laughs) It could be. That would be so. That would be so cool. Somewhere else, (laughs) I think I might have lived on Wyatt Street, but I I did move to your street um, after I lived at this particular house that I'm thinking of.
0: I'd like to think. It was like that... the, the
1: house after.
0: <laughs> I'd like to think your Athame encouraged all the mugwort to grow in the yard. And that like, you know, Ooh, it's all... I like to think
1: that too. Yeah, that's a fun that's fantasy. A <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Sweet. Again, donor. Can't remember anything. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that's all
0: the Athame
1: bowline
0: facts that I was able to drum up for today. Yeah. Anything else on your end? Having actually used. Work? I mean, I think,
1: that's good. I think yeah. that we touched on it pretty Sweet. well. Um, I'm sure that many of our listeners or, or and many others out there have uh, different opinions on athames, different uses for their athame. And I think that, that those would be super cool to hear.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and I think it's um, my I, my very last thing. I think it's probably also important to note that athames are not just a witchcraft tool. Uh, so they are used by by Wiccans and Green witches and New Forest coven members, but they're also um, used in satanic rituals. So ac- like actual Satanists, uh, not what Hollywood thinks a satanic ritual is. But it's it's a tool that is we talking like
1: non theistic. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: Church, like Church of Satan. I don't know. Like this actual yeah, yeah. Satanist so, temple. Uh, yeah, non- <laughs> yeah.
1: Non-theistic. They don't yes. actually like worship Satan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't I just know them as as Satanists. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I know that they've, it's like their own, it's their own thing.
1: I but, actually think that the non-theistic Satanists are pretty fucking cool, man.
0: A hundred percent. And, you know, this, this athame tool is used by a bunch of folks because it's a very old, Uh, it's a very old tool and it's it's cool for a lot of things. Well totally. (laughs) I need a beer. So we're going to take a short break and we will be right back. We've got a couple of shout outs, and yeah. We'll see you in a sec. Totally.
1: Be back soon, which is so grandiose. I loved it.
0: So we are, we are high energy after talking about some magic knives, but, but I am going to bring it down for just a second. R.I.P. Biscuits and Gravy. Oh, Poor little gravy. buddy.
1: <laughs>
0: Literally oh. like the day after we recorded the last episode, Biscuits and Gravy went to the big snuggly pillow for kitties in the sky. Poor little bud. but his freaky little face brought us all some joy for a couple of days
1: (laughs) absolutely man he fought the battle as best as he could a hundred percent and that's all we can do (laughs) it really is these days it really it really is uh
0: i wanted to do a couple of shout outs um for this episode as well we've had a bunch of uh, messages over the last little bit from listeners, but our tried, true, and faithful—probably our, our rivaling Kelly for our number one fan—is Kate. <laughs> Kate has Kate. Kate has sent a lovely little story. I didn't know, and I've known Kate now for a few years, uh, and I would consider us close friends, but. I didn't know Kate used to work on a farm, and Kate sent a little story and shared about how nettles were like a pain in the ass working on the farm, and how she'd come home with, with blisters and stings all over her hands and arms if she wasn't careful, and she she learned a lot on our last episode all about nettles and hair care and good things that you can actually use them for rather than just being the bane of your work-life existence on a farm, so...
1: Kate, thanks for sharing that little story.
0: I learned something about you and that was cool. Uh, But I love that our episode was useful and you learned something as well. And that's
1: awesome. Totally. Yeah, Kate, let us know if you do the hair
0: thing. Yeah, for sure. I want some before and after photos. We're, we're going to make this yeah. happen. Because <laughs> uh, Kate's got hair <laughs> not unlike my own that is uh, very thick and prone to being curly and really just doesn't like to be brushed. And yeah, we, we, can, we can do this. And oh, our yeah. second shout out, <laughs> this is our first ever request, I think. I'm going to take it as a request.
1: Our our yeah, I mean, I think that if we're sent stuff, it could totally be seen as oh, dude, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, don't just (laughs) drop
0: a thing in our lap and be like, you should cover this, uh, which is not (laughs) totally what Kelly has done, but (laughs) Kelly has sent us a uh, a herb and uh, sorry. Kelly has sent us an herb uh, with smokable properties. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know entirely where she found this. Lindsay, you may know more, but.
1: Uh, I, no, she just sent me the link and was like, <laughs> you can smoke it. And I was like, thanks. I love it.
0: <laughs> so what, uh, what Kelly has sent us is I'm going to butcher this just for you. Kelly. Uh, Ractichichi, also known as bitter grass, <laughs> which I have seen. I've heard of bitter grass before, and I know I've seen it when I looked up the pictures, but I don't know where I've currently seen it. So I'm on the hunt now. If anybody's listening, you know where you can get bitter grass. It's not something you could just go buy. It's a wildlife plant, so uh, much like mugwort or that sort of thing, or mullen. So if you know where bitter grass is growing and you feel like we can trust you, <laughs> then send us some bitter grass. Send us an email. <laughs> I will pay for the shipping. Like I would love to get some bitter grass so we could actually talk about this and try it on air. If we can't find any by, let's say mid July, then I'll probably just talk about it anyway. Cause I think it's really cool. Uh, but I'd yeah. really, really love to be able to give this a go and smoke some. So we're on the hunt for bitter grass.
1: And totally, thank, do. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Kelly. No for... we find some stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you, Kelly, for sharing that and sending that our way. If you have other suggestions, you can always uh, drop us a line 5C2P pod at Gmail. Wait a minute. Just a second here. Uh, yeah. Kelly's suggesting that we smoke something
1: that has the nickname Aztec Dream Grass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> it is, um, it's yeah, known it's to... supposed to inspire like lucid dreaming,
0: similar to mugwort. It's known to be an hallucinogen.
1: So is mugwort. Okay, I'm into it. <laughs> I'm
0: saying, uh, now you we know, know something about Kelly. <laughs> 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 well, Lindsay probably already knew. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it is, it, it is supposed to be a hallucinogenic. Uh, but I th- my understanding is it's supposed to be fairly mild. Not like, uh, what is that sage that the name has gone right out of my head? There is a type of sage that really fucks you up.
1: I don't know. It, yeah, it's supposed to have like very mild and almost no hallucinogenic properties while you're awake. <laughs> Are you thinking of salvia? Yes,
0: yes, I uh, yes, I am. Thank you. Yeah,
1: dude, salvia is fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have smoked that before, and I do not want to smoke it again. Yeah, we
0: will. We will talk about it at some point. We will not try that one, but. I would yeah. like to try bitter grass. I'd least like to have some. I, I don't know. Sometimes I like to just have shit. So if you, again, yeah, if you know where we, we can get some, it. if you know where it grows around you and you want to like pick some for us, I'll, I'll even walk you through the step by step on how to dry it and mail it to me. But yeah, would love to give that a go. Thank you for the suggestion. Okay. So we have had a fantastic episode and we wanted to take a hot second to uh, have a little bit of a real talk because i think that this week uh, as we've been recording especially the last couple of days things have gone bananas uh in the world especially here in the US and rightfully so and i think that we just wanted to you know just have a moment to recognize that Sometimes it feels weird to be a podcast and creating entertainment when there seems to be more important things to talk about than magical knives. But at the same time, I think it's also important to have not necessarily a distraction, but you know, sometimes you just need a little bit of normalcy, you need a little bit of entertainment, you need a little bit of um, happiness. And something that brings you joy, especially when things are as fucked up as they are right now. And so I hope that if you've listened to the episode, that you know that, you know, we care. We are, we are listening. Uh, I am personally like very upset by what is going on and the way that... Uh, People of color are being treated and the way that police brutality is fighting back against protests uh, and very justified protests, in my opinion. But uh, I hope that, you know, that if you're listening and you are protesting, that you're being safe, that you are taking all the right precautions
1: and let your voice be heard. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. I'm totally with you on that. And to echo the sentiments of the Trina's Starlight Lounge Instagram post from yesterday, congratulations to the astronauts that left Earth. (laughs) Good choice. (laughs) (laughs) For real, Trina's. For real.
0: Uh, If you're here in the Massachusetts area, Trina's is now also. Doing delivery, uh, so we love Trina's. Trina's is one of the m- most dope, kind, forward-thinking community restaurants that I have ever had the pleasure of going to, and they are good people trying their best. and And I hope that you keep that in mind, listeners. as As this week is probably not going to get any easier, and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Keep Fighting in the good fight. Keep trying your best. And don't get discouraged if you feel like you can't go to a protest. You know, just letting your friends know that you care and letting people know, you know, what your opinions are and where your stance is, is val- uh, valuable, valued, and important. So do what you can and don't be too hard on yourselves. But yeah. if anybody ever had any sort of question... On where 5C2P stands. I'm going to speak here, I guess, on behalf of all of us with uh, 5C2P. We are unequivocally pro-people of color, pro-immigrant, pro-choice, pro-LGBTQIA, pro-slut, pro-sex and sex workers, pro-bodies of all sizes, pro-kindness. And (laughs) (laughs) pro-panda. Pro-panda.
1: Pro-panda.
0: And if you have a problem with that, feel free to open a discourse. I will share my opinion full force. But, uh, you know, if if that doesn't resonate with you, you can fuck right off because we just don't have time for it.
1: We don't have time for it. Uh, We don't have patience for it. You're either with us or you're not. And I'm again, gonna...
0: discourse is important. If you really, truly want to have a discourse, willing to have that. But but at a certain point, we like to draw a line in the sand and say what we stand for. And we stand for all those things. So we hope you do too. And yeah, until until next week, keep on being rad. No pervs, no racists, no Nazis.
1: Yeah, totally.